Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Born, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and now your host in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. We can all agree 75 years is way too long to bring the United States Open back to Los Angeles, market number two, but here it is, and it's going to be spicy. We have a wonderful threesome today on the show. We are a little bit down a man or two. John Ronis is out actually following his former student, Michael Brennan, who qualified out there at LACC. Couldn't pass up that opportunity as we tape here midweek at Golfdom. And John Gould, believe it or not, is in meetings in order to strategize with the PGA of America as to how to educate the public and even our own lawmakers. We're the PGA of America. The PGA Tour, which is doing this thing with Liv, they're totally different than us. Everything. Different letterhead, different offices, different people. We're not the same. And it's amazing that there's some lawmakers that still don't get that. But anyway, we got Buddy Christensen from Golfdom here, and we got Chris Johnson from the Salute Military Golf Association here, and we are ready to go right here on the Megatron, on the desk that you're watching, maybe on a viral video clip, is a photograph of... LACC at night with one of the holes illuminated with the City of Angels glowing in the nighttime sky background. Look at that right there, huh? Is that not incredible? I mean, that's, that's something right that there. Un- unbelievable <laughs> view right there. What a great whoever this whoever said, hey, let's set this up. We need to get a bunch of big Klieg light spotlights, and then we'll light it up and then get the city in the background. It's pretty cool. Let's go around the horn here. First of all, who has been lucky enough to play there? CJ, you get around a bit. You ever played LACC? I have not, although uh, the commanders are playing the Rams in December, and I've been told we can get it done. But really? I have not, have not done it yet. Been told by somebody who knows. Somebody who, who golfs, you know as well. Who's does his name rhyme with Fryan Smitchell? No, no, different. Oh, different, okay. Different connected fella. Different connect. Oh, I know that guy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's connected. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yo, you got he's a there good right, shot. He's out there right now. Okay, yeah, I, I don't yeah. doubt that. Buddy, <laughs> what, buddy, what about you? I haven't, but we can go out there in December as well and Why just not? do the show out there with uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. It's amazing. I was lucky enough to play it many moons ago when I was out there just living in California after graduating from the Harvard of the West, UC Santa Barbara, and I got invited with a friend because we played with a pro emeritus at a different course up the coast in uh, Ojai Valley, and uh, he said, yeah, I'm the pro emeritus down at LACC. If you ever want to come by and play, you know, just give me a call. This is pre-cell phones. I got no photos of the round. It's been redone, of course, the course by Gil Hance. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I played it many years ago, and it was a real cool treat. But this is going to be special, and if you're listening right now on WJFK at 7 a.m. on Saturday morning, we appreciate them carrying the show. Uh, the tournament will be halfway through, and there'll already be a lot of storylines. You'll be saying, oh, this is data material. It is, but if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to get to some stuff that will be of note going into this as we tape midweek. Okay, that said, the L.A. scene is here for the U.S. Open, and... It's the sixth-based California Open since 08. They've had a handful at Torrey. They've had a handful up, you know, in the Bay Area, San Francisco. They had one at Chambers Bay. That's the seventh West Coast one. And how good is this? The TV coverage, boys, will be on from a 1 to 11 p.m. on Saturday on NBC and 1 to 10 p.m. on Sunday. Beautiful. Night. So great. Golf. East, East That's Coast. the best. That's it what is. I think of when I see that picture. I mean, obviously, they're not going to be playing, playing at night or right. like that, but it, but it makes me think of primetime golf. And when, any, anytime they have these majors like Torrey, like Pebble Beach that we get to watch on, you know, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, oh, it's the best. So good. And what's also great is that virtually no threat of rainouts or bad weather. So you've got a good guarantee of uninterrupted golf this weekend. You also need the, you'll need the USGA app. And you'll need Peacock if you want all the bonus streaming coverage. Okay. So that's how they're going to chop that up right there. But still, it's an exotic recluse of a course that has had major renovations, a reinvigoration, a rediscovering of what it once was, much more rough-edged and sort of natural-looking, but of course immaculate and manicured. And we're going to have our usual heavyweights, I'm sure, battling. Scheffler, Rom, Kepka, Spieth, Hovland's a very sexy pick, Rory, JT, amongst all the other favorites. Now, a brief history of L.A. and majors includes this with LACC. They've never hosted the U.S. Open, but they have hosted a lot of other tournaments, mostly, though, before World War II. Think about that. The L.A. Open was played there four times from 34, uh, 34 36, and 40, as well as the U.S. Women's Amateur in 1930 and the U.S. Junior Am in 1954. That's a lot. That's a lot, but it was a long time ago. But now recently, what have they had? They had the Walker Cup. Yes. And I believe they had a women's LPGA event there, uh, which I saw briefly a couple years ago as a warm-up to kind of get a test for how's it going, logistics, and everything else. The logistics people are going to be absolutely swamped. Oh, yeah. Traffic, buses, parking. How are they going to pull it off? Did you see the bridge they built? I just saw the video of the, yeah. the no. bridge they built. Uh, it's from the south court to the north, north court. They just overnight built a bridge. So overnight? You, overnight a is what foot said. bridge? A foot bridge. Going Who's right it for? So I guess they're going to have people park over at the one golf course and then walk across this bridge. I guess so that's the point. So for of it. fans? For fans. Well, I hope it passed all the engineering <laughs> muster. I mean, I thought L.A. – I thought California was strict on all these regulations. I didn't get all the details. I saw this video. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right over the course of a night, they built this thing, and now well, you can walk across this road. You know, logistically, I think it's going to challenge when they brought the Open to um, – uh, uh, what's its name? Uh, in, in Philadelphia. Marion. Marion. Because the infrastructure is tight inside neighborhoods, not a lot of room for big tents and whatnot. Where are they going to park? But they figured it out, and I thought that was a really cool open with very high scores. 
I mean, that course looks as good as any on TV. It presents itself so well. I watched the entire Solheim Cup there, yeah. mainly because of the golf course last year. Right, well, it exactly. looks so good on, on TV. Yeah. And it shows that these courses aren't necessarily outdated. They can no. still be used in the right way. Well, you grow rough the size that they're growing it out at you know LACC. It's going to be plenty hard. Get yeah. the greens fast enough, firm enough. It'll be plenty hard. The distance is not the biggest factor when it comes to these places. I think wasn't Justin Rose's winning score one over? It was somewhere around at, even or even one under. I maybe? think it was one over. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was amazing. So I hope that the USGA, in addition to going to their usual go to spots starts, you know, once again saying, let's get to great exotic places, reclusive, very private courses that people haven't seen before that may be a logistical challenge, but we'll figure it out because it's going to look great on TV. I'm sure it is already if you're listening on a Saturday. That said, um, minus six has been the ticket to win the last three U.S. Opens. Fitzpatrick at Brookline last year, Rahm at Torrey before that, DeChambeau at the fanless U.S. Open at Wingfoot in the fall prior to that. There was a couple of very low-score opens of recent vintage. Uh, One was when Gary Woodland won at Pebble Beach. He was double digits under, and, of course, Brooks Koepka tore Aaron Hills apart. But usually around par still is the ticket to win. Now let's talk about the world of golf in Los Angeles. Who here has played any golf in L.A.? I'm trying to think. Uh, I played a lot in San Diego. I'm trying. To, I've played in like Long Beach. I've, we've done some SMGA tournaments in the Long Beach area. But I'm trying to think in like you know near downtown LA. I don't think I have played anywhere. There's so I've been to Riviera. So uh, few places to play. We uh, our our home base for our corp, corporate offices is out of Santa Ana, California. So oh. I played Santa Ana Country Club, which is a spectacular, sure, really nice, fun golf course. Um, but I really haven't played much more outside of that. So the private clubs there, basically the pecking order from what I've heard and can tell, Riviera, LACC, Bel Air. There's the big three. Then there's Hillcrest, Sherwood Country Club, which is actually up in the valley. I've been lucky enough to play that. It's unbelievable. They named it Sherwood Country Club because it was built in these rolling Southern California Hills, where they filmed much of the Robin Hood movie. And I think there's a TV show as well. And it's so good. It's unbelievable. Um, There's Lakeside Country Club and there's El Caballero Country Club. But the deal is 250 grand minimum to get in Riviera. And you got to know somebody. And you got to lobby. And you got to get people to say, okay, this guy's all right. Let's bring him in. Apparently, Mark Wahlberg is a big golfer. Needed somebody to really go to bat for him to get in. Wow. I, I, some of those courses, they don't want celebrities at them, I've heard. Really? Yes. But I think in L.A., you can't help but have I those, can't imagine, right? right? Yeah, Riviera is full. I mean, they say it's like Adam Sandler. Sure. I think Al Michaels is there. Uh, uh, Will Ferrell, I think, is there. And right. they say Mark Wahlberg plays like two-hour rounds of golf. He, play, he, run, <laughs> he runs between his balls. He's playing really? speed golf around Riviera. Two yeah. hours running. Yeah. Not even in a cart. They say it's like something like uh, it takes less time to watch one of his movies than it or, or less time <laughs> for him to play golf than it does to watch one of his movies. Uh, Hollywood Reporter has an interesting story that I pulled up on this in which they say it's a tightly controlled world of acceptances, rejections, and wait lists. Getting in takes big bucks and good words from powerful friends. Uh, they mentioned Wahlberg at Riviera needing to 
pull some strings to get in. No matter how much money or influence they have, and think about it, all the people with money and influence in L.A., the movie producers, the directors, the actors, the agents, and everything else. No matter how much money or influence they have, entertainment types still find it nearly impossible to get into certain places. I think that's what you're talking about. They don't want the celebrities. Um, the Wilshire Country Club and the L.A. Country Club historically did not admit Jewish members. I believe that's been a theme on Curb yeah, more than a few episodes, right, where yeah. Larry's talking about which clubs. And, and I believe their wives were getting all tied in knots about, they don't let Jews in here, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Larry, Larry's at, uh, at uh, Riviera, and our old buddy Dave Feldman was playing around there a couple weeks ago, and, and he's like apparently the biggest Larry David fan. And he was, you know, a fair way over, and he said it would, took everything from him to not to run just, over like, and run ask over for an autograph, and say hello. Or he goes, <laughs> it, it was killed me all day. I'm sure, and I bet Larry David would have been completely rude to him oh, in point. character. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. leave me alone. I'm <laughs> yeah. playing golf here. Um, the Wilshire, so an LA Country Club did not historically admit. They've since uh, relented on that. I think, thankfully, Hillcrest Country Club and later Brentwood as well, a bastion of bankers and corporate execs. LACC remains hand down the most hands down the most clannish and is known for shunning entertainment types in I general. Have. I've heard this. And you know, Roger Cleveland, uh of Cleveland Golf originally, but right. now he's with Callaway, does their wedges. He's a member out there. So Okay. Um so you can be in the golf industry and get out there, I guess. Right. But if you're just an average schnook trying to make it in LA and you love golf you're not going to have many places to play. Yes, there's some pretty good public courses in L.A. Uh, Griffith Park is one of them. Tiger grew up in Orange County, and his father, Earl, was a member of the military, so he could play the Navy course near the base in Los Alamitos. He also played at a par-3 course called Hartwell. Then there's El Dorado Park and a handful of other munis, but even the munis are packed, and you have to fight for a tee time there. And you so, know this from being out there at school. Well, or- just being out there and, and reading up a bit on it. You know, I mean, I remember be going down to L.A. And it's like, first of all, when you fly into L.A., and I think we all have, at night, you're just gobsmacked about how the last 40 minutes of your flight is over a grid right. of lights. A grid. 40 minutes. You're like, this city never ends. Yep. Do you remember when you went here to LACC? If it was hidden, because everything I've heard is that like people who live in the neighborhood don't even know where it is. It feels tucked in for sure. Now, had they have they taken out some trees along the way? I think they have, which may have exposed it a bit more, but you don't really feel like you're in the city. These shots of the course with the city in the background, they're usually from an elevated standpoint, because when your boots on the ground, you're not going to see much. Yeah, they said it's a, a mystery, like yeah. a mystery to the outside world who lives in L.A., and then obviously a mystery to most of the players playing it that haven't seen it before either. Which They're- is also cool that we're getting a nobody's got a book on this place type of course. Very cool. And mo- yeah, a lot of people didn't really know about it 10 years ago. You would never say, I got to go play LACC 10 years ago. Right. Like on your list. You I don't even it. think they know how to play it. That's the other thing. Not just what it looks like and where it is and where do I park, but just literally what am I doing here? How do the greens roll? What what areas are typical trouble areas, especially because it's been redesigned by Gil Hans? Yeah. Did uh did you get 
Kepka's answer when they asked him about it because he played in the I think it was the 2011 NCAA's there. Oh, really? Okay. What yeah, he, he was at Florida State, and they asked him what he remembers about it, and he said just that the uh, Playboy Mansion was on the 15th hole. <laughs> he said, "I don't remember. I don't remember much." That is else. peak Kepka yeah. right there, isn't it? Yeah. Bragging about that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and it was just in his normal sort of dummy way mm. of answering. Hey, hey bro. Yeah, Man, yeah. I was <laughs> looking to go to the pool afterwards <laughs> out there. The grotto. <laughs> the grotto. I, I, haven't they closed that down? They did, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> closed it down, fumigated it, <laughs> bleached it all out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going to repurpose it into something more reputable. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool vibe. It's L.A., and thankfully we're well past the pandemic, so there's not going to be any silly restrictions. And I just think that the tournament is going to be great. And, uh, and it's going to be the one that has a sort of a unity to it, or at least a false unity with this live thing, which we're going to get to a little bit later on in the show here. But it's also going to be cool because they got five par threes. They got a bunch of 500-yard par fours. There's going to be a cool combination of different things that we don't Well, they say see. there's a lot of half holes, four and a half, five and a half, three and a half. There's a 290-yard par three. Yeah. How do you feel about a 290 par three? I wouldn't want to be playing a 290 <laughs> par three every week. But how about for pros? I mean, I think it's I think it's good and bad. Like, I mean, obviously this is all this is pure US Open. You know, they do right. stuff to make players crazy. And you know, I, I don't I like to see, you know, the carnage of US Open. Sure. And so I'd like to see, you know, what's gonna happen. Fours and fives on this whole key points or whatever. But at the same time, it does lend itself a little bit to boring golf, you know, because you're not going to see many balls close to that pin at all. You wouldn't think from 290 no. yards out. It's, it's a, just get it on the green. Yeah, I mean, I've heard a few players in their interviews already this week just say if there's somehow I can walk out of there even or one over par for the four days, I'm going to feel really good about myself. So right. nobody's trying to score on, on, a, on a hole like that. But it's cool that they have that hole. And then a, a short that, par four, you it, can drive downhill, 335 dog leg, which, I mean, they'll plop it on there with a three wood easily, but it's got stuff all around. It's a tricky little green. But even what I was saying was just on the par three, you've got this 290 yard par three, and then you've got this 78 yard par three, right. which you've never heard of. 78 yards. 78 they they yards. can play it down they're, to 78 yards. Yeah, yeah. they're going to play it 78 yards. I, I, I think I read in the LA Times, they said it's like hitting a lob wedge through a chimney. You know, it's it's basically just, you know, and, and so, like, I, I don't know. I can never remember, you know, a, a hole playing right. even less than 100 yards, but 78 is crazy. That That is crazy right there. That would actually unnerve me. Like, I'd feel this is such an easy hole. You better not bogey it. Right. It's 78 yards. But it's also, I think it said 10 yards wide on the green there. Sure. So, yeah. you're... You don't have much spot, and you know the greens aren't going to be real soft. Well, they had a real short one at Brookline last year, if I recall. They did, yeah. yeah. It was not quite 78. It was 100 and something, I think. Yeah, like yeah, Pebble downhill, 7 can play short. 110, 105, yeah. something like that. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I hope it's – it better not be 75 years before they come back. That's all I know right there uh, because, you know, it's L.A. It's big time. You seen? You, you might have in the store here the special tailor-made. Oh yeah, we bag. Sold, oh, sold, you already sold, sold them. One of one of the two that we have, I think, or two of the three. We got one. Get left. on down to Golfdom here if you like collectible golf bags. Tailor-made puts out for their majors special designed full tour staff bags. Yep. 
And this one's got all the L.A. neon on it. And Lake, the, Laker font and purple oh, and yellow. And, yeah, it's yeah. pretty wild. All for the low, low price of don't ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the low, low price of it's a collectible, people. Have exactly. fun. Live life. All right, coming up, a quick nine. We'll run through it next here at Golfdom. It is the Capital Golf Gang. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more. And get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. Proud to say none of those items have made it with me to Scotland this week for our big monster golf trip. Although, by the time you hear this, buddy, I'm not too proud to say I did travel three putters with me. It's like <laughs> goalies, not... CJ. You got to, you know, one goalie could go bad on you. You don't you, you want to have two backups. That is uh, that's too that's, many. That's way too many. Now on they, a long on a long golf trip, how many putters do you carry? I've only carried one. Okay, save that thought. That is one of my whole questions yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. So I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Anyway, right. <laughs> uh, no exotic clubs in the bag and uh Hopefully, we're on our way to a wonderful weather week out there in Scotland. Full recap coming up after this. Buddy Christensen joining me here, as well as Chris Johnson of the Salute Military Golf Association. Uh, can we get a quick recap of how a couple things uh, went? Specifically, one was the Mickey Steele Tournament, CJ, that you are a part of every year out there at Queenstown Harbor. It's the largest sort of assembly of ex-Redskins of all time. How did it go? Oh, fantastic. It was awesome. They had, uh, the biggest turnout ever. They actually had 389 players. Wow. They had a poker tournament the night before. The guy who won, won 10000 bucks. donated nice. all the money back to... Uh, all of it. Yeah, to charities that include the Andrew Rippin Cancer Foundation, Special Olympics of Maryland, and SMGA is also nice. uh, benefits uh, from that awesome event. So, yeah, great couple days at Queenstown. They killed it. Uh, very fun times. Uh, great to see all the legends. And then, yeah, our 17th annual SMGA Charity Classic was last Monday, June 5, at um, at Manor Country Club in Rockville. Thanks to the new golf team in Rockville for nice. helping yeah. us with uh, – with that event as well, and we broke a record, 100, over 126,000 we wow. did uh, last Monday, which uh, all benefits our organization, which helps post-9-11 combat wounded vets using golf as therapy. So it yeah. was an awesome day. It's good stuff. Go to smga.org, yep. right? It's a .org yep. there. .org. And uh, you can find out how to get involved, donate, contribute, yep. you name it, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. We got some rain, buddy, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is uh, Westwood looking? It's in great shape. Course, yeah, yeah, it just but it's super doing a good job. We need harp, some yeah. water. Super, yeah, we got a really good. We need. It wasn't much rain here yesterday. 
Well, did you get some? I got some out west. Yeah, we did, we got like kind of weird little spritz <laughs> little spritzy spritz. We, we need more. Yeah, 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 for sure. Also, uh, Buddy has informed me, CJ, that their uh, fireball contest at their club. This is fascinating thing. Every hole, once they're all birdied by a group of guys. How many guys are in the group? There's about twenty guys in the group. Twenty guys in the group. So once somebody birdies a hole, one through eighteen, it comes off the board, and the last guy to birdie the last hole standing wins the pot correct wins half the pot you get you win back half half your money if you make two birdies you break even on okay it, basically but right the, but at the end your big but, prize but, but is but whoever more than, that, more than that you are the fireball champion of the year so that's the uh <laughs> why the is this because you take a shot of fireball after making after, a birdie after you make the birdie you got to take a shot of fireball and send a picture to everybody oh. and now you own that hole and we, there's little rules that kind of negate some of the birdies like at times. Shirt untucked, yeah, take so a photo. It's, it's it's getting harder than Augusta, <laughs> you know. Their Love rules, it. but uh, no, it's it's we're we're down to four holes. They're all gettable, so these guys will be out playing golf every day. Once we get down to one or two holes, you're out there every day you're, trying to get that hole. You know, I got to get yeah. out there. We've yeah. got the same thing. At, at, it was similar at Norbeck, where it's a group of guys get in, and it's it's. Uh, you knock a hole off every time you birdie it, but everybody can birdie it. So it's, it's a, you know, you got to do it by honor system, obviously, but you know, whoever gets to all 18 first wins. Oh really? Pot. Yeah. Yeah. Does that happen in the summer? Oh yeah. There's Absolutely. good enough players that they collect all 18, a birdie. That's a lot of golf. Well, that, could could that, be Eagles too. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Damn. That's yeah. where this started from, from one of our buddies up in Maine. That's what they do. And we're like, we're, we're not going to birdie all the, all the holes in time to finish the season. And? So, so now we went with this, this okay. format, but yeah. that's the real way to do it. I don't think there's a golf course on earth that I've birdied all 18 holes in my life. Yeah, well, Much less in a summer. you got to be playing four times a <laughs> I week. I guess I'm not playing enough. Yeah. I'm not that good. Yeah. Who knows? Okay. All right, quick nine. Here we go. Starting with this. Let me get this up here on the uh, Jumbotron. I know you've seen it by now, but it's pretty darn epic. Where does the 70-foot, I think it was 70 feet they called it, mm-hmm. the 70-foot-plus walk-off eagle at the Canadian Open by a Canadian Pro, first winner of that event, uh, native son in the history of the event. Where does it rank in terms of walk-offs? And secondly, how much should the uh, Canadian Football League consider signing the security (laughs) guard who uh, form-tackled Adam Hadwin afterwards? Unbelievable. This was just – I listened to it on on Sirius. For the most part, I was in and out doing some yard work. And they must have said a Canadian has not won this in X amount of years. And, and uh, they, they talked it up the whole last round. And then he goes and does this. It, it was incredible to watch that go in. Yeah. And there's Mike Weir and Hadwin, who's Canadian. I'm not sure if this clip we're looking at has uh, the viral video of the security guard tackling I think, he, I think he's on the ground by now. Yeah. <laughs> you could, could kind of see uh, uh, him look, Nick Taylor, look to the right and be like, no, 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 no. no. Or maybe this is like, where it is. Right yeah, here. it's right yeah, here. Yeah. Right there is where he looks. And he's yeah, like, he's hey, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, Wait, hold on. He's okay. Yeah, that guy's okay. <laughs> he's very okay. <laughs> well, what was also cool is all the Europeans were hanging out there for Fleetwood, who has never won before. And he's Isn't that on, funny on the PGA that tour. Fleetwood being a stalwart of the Ryder Cup has never actually won a PGA Tour event? Yeah. He doesn't play cool. here as my He's a full-time member now, but for a while he was mostly European tour. So. Yeah, and he's come close. I think it's the longest walk-off 
in tour history. Has to be, right? I mean, isn't there like a no. walk-off? Ayoki. Larry Mize at Augusta? Ayoki. Yeah. From the- Isao Aoki? Oh! Hawaii, oh, I know, but he dunked yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Was it a walk-off, though? Yeah. He, he was, was it extra holes, group. sudden death? No, well, he was in the last group, and, and Jack Renner was done, signed, signing the scorecard. That's and right. And he dunked it, and, and it was over then. They didn't That's have to right. go to the playoff. They thought it would be a playoff. And That's didn't right. Corey but, Pavin have a walk-off at the LA Open on the LA theme at Riviera? I thought he did when to, to win it on 18. Okay, I, I from the fairway. one, and then – um, Robert Gomez. Right, so I was going to go yes. for it. Bay Hill. Yep. At right. Bay Hill, he had it. Yeah. It's the longest walk-off yeah. putt. How yeah. about that? Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. That's I'll good say. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And and again, this is why I have said consistently, the golf will take care of everything. You worried about who are the stars, who are the names, and everything else. I mean, come on. Well, this is the game. It'll present amazing moments. And this week we had the live stuff and all that stuff. You thought that was going to cloud up the tournament, but it sounds like the viewership was, was up. And Yeah, it's good um, enough. And that's between the networks and the tour to figure out. We as the average fan should care less what your contract is. Right. Hold the events, put it on TV, let a bunch of kids and middle-aged men get inspired by, this game is great, I want to go out there and do that. Okay, uh, hole number two. LACC is a very drivable dog leg downhill par four, about 335. Where do you stand on these type of holes? Here's a little video showing the perils around this otherwise drivable par four. I love the short par four, for one, because they do tend to be very strategic. Sometimes you think, well, just knock it down easy to about 70 yards, but a 70-yard shot may not be the best one. You might want 110. Or you might want to say, just give me as close to the hole as possible. I'll figure something out from just off the green. Well, Go ahead, sir, buddy. A lot of times, a hole that short around the green is next to impossible. Next to, get to up death, and down. right? Yeah, so, it's, so a lot of times, you are really taking that risk of I, I, I will not make better than a par, right. By going for the green, whereas if I lay it up, I can still make my par. Maybe I make my birdie, which is why I like I love these types of holes too. I mean, the risk rewards. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, probably the most infamous one is just across the neighborhood, the number 10 at Riviera. Similar, that, yeah. That is considered, you know, one of the most frustrating holes on the tour. <laughs> right. I mean, some guys love it and some guys absolutely hate it. Uh, I like it. I, I like it. I mean, the risk-reward in this type of situation, it could, you could see the tournament go upside down on, on a hole like this. I like it. Yeah. At, uh, at Aaron Hills, they moved the tees up on Fifteen, I believe it was, uh, par four with a very elevated green set up against a, a big mound of dirt, sort of little hilltop, small green, treacherous. I mean, it's crazy. And they move the tee up like 310 one day, and Justin Thomas gets up there with three wood and <laughs> just smokes it to like 10 feet for eagle. And I thought, that's a crazy dangerous green complex. Was he not worried about something around the green and I think I think most of them believe I may miss the green with a wedge and therefore I'm now still in the same trouble I would be with driver if I miss the green with a wedge if I just missed my number by a foot or two so I might as well get there sooner and figure it out that way but we'll see what they do at this hole at uh, LACC well speaking of number 10 at Riviera it seemed like they laid up a lot more often prior Nowadays, they just all bomb it up there and then deal with it, whatever they got. Right, and I'm sure there's some analytics people out there, just like analytics has uh, 
ruin baseball yeah. or the NBA. I bet the analytics guy is a golfer saying, you know what, just go for it. But, yeah, it's going to be very cool to watch. Hole number three. This is what I was alluding to. How many putters do you think you should take on a golf vacation that's going to last longer than three days? One, two, three, all of the putters. Bring all the putters. I'm committing to one Maybe switching before I leave, but I'm done. That's so my, you pack my one. I'm packing one. If, if I'm putting badly, I'm, I'm going to, which I am right now, so I might be switching a putter <laughs> this week before our member guests that I'm playing in coming up. Buddy but was, I will stick that one putter yeah. in my bag for the week, no matter what. I love that Buddy, who has built the store to what it is, <laughs> is in here every day, almost comes into the hitting bay going, hey, Zabe, I think I found my putter here. It's like, what? <laughs> You're still looking at putters on your own floor. It's it, a Scotty Cameron. I didn't even know which way some of those putts broke on the green, so I, I'm never putting in here. Okay. But, but I think I did find my putter for All right, the week. CJ, how many putters do you travel? One, and I wouldn't even think about it. Okay. I'm mostly – I've putted. I've used the same putter for the last three years. I'm, I was, I'm, I'm fine with my putter. Oh, three years? What, do you think that's a record? <laughs> no. I mean, that's pretty good. That's not exactly going to make saying, headlines, you know? The putting is not my hard part okay. of my game. Zabe, Zabe switched his grip on his putters more than three times oh, in the last three weeks. I caddied, I caddied in a major for somebody who changed his grip three times during the two rounds I was caddying for. <laughs> In, True story. I, yeah. I, I, I had Buddy's staff nicely change out one of the putters, one of the many putters that I've taken out of the store, to one of the uh, Super Strokes grips, which are very popular. Mm -hmm. It just came to my conclusion, Buddy, that the Super Stroke grips are not grippy enough for me. I don't know if that makes any sense. I mean, it shouldn't I, matter. I know what you're saying. It, it shouldn't matter because you're not taking any big right swing. Yet. It's not going to slip out of your hands. Yeah, right. But I had this other wind grip that was nice and grippy, and I'm like, I want this on this. And I brought it back in. It felt so wasteful. Perfectly good. Super stroke. You're out. This guy's in. Could you just like spray some pine tar or get some pine tar? Right, or uh, eat pancakes grip? with my hands yeah, before the round? Could have been something. <laughs> Well, I'm bringing three just because I'm <laughs> weird like that. We'll see. We'll see which ones get in the game. Well, I do suggest all customers buy three putters. <laughs> buy three yeah. putters. Yeah. Yes, of course. So. <laughs> exactly. All right. A hole number four here. Quick nine. What old club, if you found at a garage sale, you would buy immediately? No questions asked. And I'm not talking about ancient clubs. I'm talking about something like this. Remember John Daly's iconic. 1991 PGA Championship driver, the Cobra, that was made out of a solid piece of white plastic. <laughs> Look at that thing. When you said daily, I thought you were going to say the, was it the Wilson, the whale? Whale. The whale. The whale. Yeah, That's the whale. I, I buy that too because yeah. they're like, oh, the whale. Well, I remember yeah. that club. Well, then he had the zero iron too that he was hitting. I don't remember yeah. that. Oh, yeah. He did the zero. It was just a driving iron okay. basically, but he's had that. But so I, now you get my example. That's what I'm talking about. Not you know, not Calamity Jane at a garage sale, but <laughs> something that's of not, modern vintage. Not Peter Kessler's The Perfect Club. I own one of those. <laughs> Didn't buy it. He sent it to me for free back when he was a guy. I, think I had him on my radio show. I was like, you know, The Perfect Club seems like a good club. He's like, yeah, you'd love it. I'll yeah. send you one. I'm buying a set of FG-17s if I see those sitting there. Remember those? Wilson no. FG-17s. They were the easiest blades to hit when I was in high school and I wish I'd never got rid of my set they're they're you know 
Nothing FG, FG 17. 17 irons. Okay, these are not the Cleveland VAS Phase no, 4 no, no. irons. There's, it's a blade. That Corey Pavin took a lot of money to play. It, it was a blade that looked like a butter knife, but it, it was actually a little forgiving. Wow, yeah. okay. But right. anyway, if I saw one of those, a set of those laying around, I'd, I'd grab them. Okay, CJ, what about you? Uh, I don't know. I had an Orlemar three-wood that I used to just, just smash. I loved yeah. it. Uh, Anyone want to pick why. up a railer? Yeah, railer. One of the old railers? Sure. Uh, perhaps uh, the old clique uh, once upon a time. Uh, a, a tailor-made clique, kind of like a three-wood. How about a, an odd two-wood? Yeah, I used to have a four-wood. I guess guys still play four-woods. I, I, I hear five-woods are coming back. In, I hear heaven-woods are coming back. What about style. divine nines? Mm. The yeah. divine nine. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you don't want to go hybrid which some people don't the the fairway woods they, they come and go though it's it's funny they really do you know right. five seven nine they, they come and go i had a uh, titleist hybrid iron so it was more iron than hybrid but it was half and half it was a great idea i never got it to fly the way i wanted to yeah. it seemed like i'd love looking at this it's not a hybrid it's a long iron but it, it just didn't work out hole number five you have a chance to play 18 with either Larry David or O.J. Simpson. Who would you pick? It'd have to be Larry David, right? Okay. I couldn't play with O.J. Yeah, out of principle? Yeah. Out of moral obligation? I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to play with O.J. I mean, like... What if he was funny? What if he no, was weird? What if he told you things <laughs> well, he that you weird. didn't... <laughs> he he is weird. all of those things. Yeah. Watch him on Twitter. I, I mean, look, that. you're I, not going to bring uh, anyone back, poor victims that there were, of the real killers, which he's still looking for. You're not going to get any money out of OJ to send to the families. So what can you do? The legal system has run its course. I mean, it fits the uh, the narrative with Liv these days to play golf with OJ that it's okay to do that. If it's I'd okay with, to I'd play with OJ. It's okay to over Larry David. Yeah, yeah, because I think Larry David would be a jerk. Probably. I think Larry David would, would want nothing to do with you. But uh, yeah, probably. But you wouldn't. Even this is a random pairing. OJ. It's yeah, a random pairing. I wouldn't even tell anybody I played with OJ. Really? Yeah. At least you could post the picture of you and Larry David after the round. Yeah. You right. can't post you and OJ? Yeah, I don't think so. You don't want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Getting that heat? I Should I back so. off my sentiment that I even play with him? Is that already going to damage me? Am I at risk of being canceled here? <laughs> now, Larry David could actually be very cool. I guess it depends on how he's playing that day, right? And the mood and everything yeah. else. Yeah. All right. Hole number six. What pro league? CJ, this hole's right up your alley. What pro league has the best 12 golfers? If you were to pluck the best 12 from the NFL, best 12 from the NBA, best 12 MLB, best 12 NHL, and you played a tournament of some sort, which league wins? Not everybody, but the creme de la creme of those four sports. I mean, is, it, is it current players or anybody who's been a part of those pro leagues, like former players? Current or former, I'll give you, I if mean, they're I alive. I mean, everyone always says they, that hockey players are the, are the best golfers because obviously it's similar in their uh, – I just don't know enough of, like, who are the best NHL players. I mean, I know some of them. I know Madonna is a really good right. player, plays at Whisper Rock. And, 
Uh, I think Ronick was. I mean, there's all stories with they've him playing. got incredible yeah. wrist and forearm strength for speed, and they've got great mm. touch and hand-eye coordination, and they've got summers off. Yeah, when they get eliminated. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of them come here to yeah. shop at yeah. Golf Them. Yeah. No, Oshie's Oshie's one of the best. He plays in uh, Lake Tahoe, so he's good. Um, and then obviously, there's all the the stories about the Braves. You know, from those the years, pitchers. The, the he used to travel side. golf clubs with him on the road. Yeah, Smoltz is you know on the does the senior tours and plays in right. the. Uh, so he's there, and then you know Maddox and Clavin were supposedly you know awesome as well. So in the NFL, quarterbacks and kickers are yeah. usually pretty good. You could probably field twelve quarterbacks and kickers only. Yeah, uh, obviously Romo's awesome. Right. I'm trying to think who uh, who else is notoriously good in. In football, that the, we've known, the, Lawrence Taylor has been yeah, known, he's a known as a fanatic, a, a shark out on the golf course, ton yeah. of times. The NBA, I think, has lagged, but it's catching up quickly with the likes of Steph Curry and uh, J.R. Smith, who's yeah. now playing in college right. again. Iguodala, I think, is a very good player. Iguodala is an avid player as well. Yeah, yeah, it'd be I mean, fun, wouldn't it? That's it, a made for TV. Well, event. Jordan and Jordan, well, obviously, yeah, and Jordan, yeah. and they do have that the Tahoe event that. That can be kind of fun. It seems like it's a lot of hockey and baseball players. See, but I'd want to, I'd want to separate it out by league, and I want to have all like, those play against each other, right? Twelve guys, like a Ryder Cup type of thing. It'd be great. I think that'd be good. That would be pretty. I'd cool. rather watch that than live. Now you would end up with, <laughs> you would end up with a few guys like Billy Joe Tolliver playing for the NFL. Like, that a lot of people would no, say. No, there's only twelve spots. Yeah, but he was a pretty good player. Oh, okay. And we talked about Rippin earlier. He, Mark, was a good player. Yeah. For a while, played yeah. a couple Kemper Opens. You'd have Al Del Greco. Right. Yeah. The other one. You're still around? Yes, I am. And I'm a <laughs> plus one, so suck it. Okay, hole number, hole number seven. What DMV area course would you buy if you won $500 million in Powerball and it was for sale? And what would you do with it once you snatched it up? I wouldn't buy a golf course if I won $500 million. <laughs> I just... I've tried to think my way through this. I mean, probably RTJ, just because I that experience out there of just of of being in the, the the cottages there and playing out there and hanging out. Okay, but I wouldn't want to win the golf course. I mean, potential money I, loser. I I well, I, at that point, five hundred million. I don't know that you're worried about that, but the hassle of having to deal with it. Hassle, hassle, buddy. You're not cutting the greens. You, and you're pulling plugs and sand traps. Somebody that is dealing you're the with owner. That. You're stupid rich. Buy a course and tell people I want this, 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 and it's this. Got headaches. You're out. You're out. You're out. I need the tee sheet cleared on Saturdays for me and my. Bu- so Bob Parsons, you want to be what Bob Parsons was? Oh, yeah. You know his PXG, story, right? Yeah. The Scottsdale National. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and that's P- what you want. Yeah, right. Where he's like, here's what we're doing. We're going to make it a thousand dollars a day for your guests. They get everything. There's no fees, but they can enjoy everything. You don't like it, get out. Yeah, can't be uh, here more than three days. Month right. If you don't like it, get out. Right. <laughs> right. right. He bought himself, and I think that cost him hundreds of millions. But I'd probably say Burning Tree because it's probably my only chance to get in the club. If, <laughs> if I buy it, <laughs> this place is heaven on earth. So. Not for sale. Yeah. yeah, pretty sure that would be the answer. Although, We're God, can you them. imagine what the assessed value of that <laughs> dirt would be? I think I saw they, someone asked a developer in LA what LACC's dirt would go for if they closed the course and sold it. And they laughed. They said, well, it'd be billions, literally billions. Wow. It's that many acres in the heart of downtown L.A. You're not wow. making any more of that. So yeah. I would buy Westfields, and this is no slight to Jason Paul, the general manager, 
former head pro. He's just doing a great job running the place out there. But it's such a great layout, Fred Couples' design, that is unmarred by houses, has a beautiful array of trees to it, just a great design. If I could buy it and then make it not public and pour some money into it, I wouldn't have to do a lot to make it an absolute dime. Yeah, get, get, on, get on your $500 million. Well, I keep playing scratch-offs. Yeah. The scratch-offs, there's not enough money. <laughs> I need to play Powerball. That's where the money is. Okay, hole number eight. Is it okay when playing terribly to go in what I call quiet seethe mode, like where you're just glinty-eyed staring off 1,000 yards in the distance? You're not talking. <laughs> you're not joking with anybody. You're not throwing a fit. You're not breaking anything. You're not being a disruptive but you're in seethe mode is that acceptable friendly round i mean i wish i could prevent myself from doing it but it's like an out-of-body experience i mean it just happens like right sometimes you, you know, need to yeah to keep from breaking things yeah i mean typically it happens when you go in with expectations you're like man i feel good today like i had a good range session then all of a sudden you're you know four over after three and you're <laughs> in a different world right you know i mean like yeah well you're gonna you're Potentially going to deal with this oh, in yes. your trip over to Scotland. 100%. Because <laughs> you, you're sitting there going, I got eight more rounds of this, and I can't do this right now. Yeah. And you just, you kind of need that that couple holes of just, I, I think it's perfectly okay. acceptable. And I think it's needed because that guy's got to rebound to get ready for tomorrow right. and the next day okay. and the next day. I think as long as it's not prolonged. I think it's as long as it's, you know. For a reason, you know, a hole or two. Yeah. The hole 18, yeah. you don't want no, to No, 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 no. couple holes. A couple holes is, is fine. Hole number nine, last one. Have you ever played a course, one you've played many times, and said for whatever reason, that's it, I am never playing here again? And have you ever held up to that promise, or do you always kind of relent and go, huh, okay, I guess I'll go play out there at Shady Acres again? I've never, I've never come to that conclusion, except I, it did happen to me once at Tobacco Road in North Carolina. <laughs> the, that course will do it to you. The first time I played it. You're like, this thing like, is I, a ridiculous, yeah. nonsensical pile of junk. I'm never coming back. I had no interest in going back. Played it second time. I'm like, hmm, maybe I like it. it. Yeah. Third time, I loved it. So, okay. CJ, I, I can't yeah. give up. I can't remember the name of the course. It was when I was growing up. It was in Olney, Maryland, and this angry woman owned it. It was she turned a farm into a golf course, and it was really cheap and awful. And she would <laughs> yell at us uh, all the time. And finally, we just said we're never coming back to give you money anymore. God, I can't remember the name of that course. So, you, and you've—it's uh, not Trotters Glen, is it? That's it. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly it. You remember uh, that terrible course? Yeah, terrible. <laughs> just the <laughs> terrible. Yeah. How'd you pull that one? <laughs> I know bad courses around here. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Uh, I just played two courses in the last week that I've said to myself, I, I don't like these courses. Why do I keep coming back? And the answer is because I have no friends, and the few that I do. <laughs> Either play there all the time or they're members. <laughs> so there I was yet again. I'm sure I'll break that vow one more time. We'll come back. The latest on the Live PGA Tour. I'm going to call it an engagement. They're a long way from the altar, boys, and we'll talk about it next. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. 
Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Born, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville. Now back to the show. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, Airborne. Final segment here this week. We are just a threesome. It's U.S. Open week, and uh, you may be listening to some dated material here. I got Buddy Christensen and Chris Johnson from the SMGA.org with us today. John Ronas went out to L.A. to to be there in person to see his former student, Michael Brennan, play out there in the U.S. Open. He qualified uh, at Woodmont, and I'm very happy for John to do that. I can't wait for him to come back and give us the full details. Next week, we're going to be off because I'll be in Scotland, but we'll have a lot to talk about once we get all back together and July comes. But thank you for coming in today. Um, Speaking of dated material, pretty much by the time we hit stop on record last week when the live news first broke, we started to learn more. And then we heard from super agent and uh, big-time power broker Jimmy Dunn, who apparently was instrumental in this uh, coming together. And he blew up a lot of assumptions as well. So I'm going to struggle to keep up with where we're at right now today. And we're taping this on a Tuesday. And we'll hear more through the week as live guys get their first chance to speak in front of mics. They really hadn't been heard for a week since this was announced. But... This ain't a marriage. They didn't elope and get married, the PGA Tour and the Live Tour. They're engaged. They're star-crossed lovers of sorts who have broken up and gotten in fights. And now they're going to get back together, and they're living in two different cities. And she's got a job over here, and he's got a job here that commutes to this city. But don't worry, they're going to work it out. And mom says she wants to have the wedding at, at her place up at Martha's Vineyard. Your dad, though, says he ain't going to pay for it. There's a lot to be worked out here, isn't there, buddy? Well, it seems like... More than we even thought last week yes. to be worked out. It, not just from the competition, from all of these other things. And there's a lot to be shaken out for what really just happened. We don't even really know what just happened. What it happened, just, right. So it, it's just, I, I think we're, we're, we'd have an easier time predicting who's winning the U.S. Open by Saturday morning but when this is on the air. We're taping on Tuesday. Then, then where even three days from now, the, the whole live PGA Tour thing's going to sit. Here, let me take a guess. And your leader after 36, Scotty Scheffler, <laughs> at the LACC US Open. CJ, what do you think of this one week later? Uh, well, I'm highly disappointed in it. I'm highly disappointed in the PGA Tour. Um, I think it's incredibly hypocritical that the way everything went down. I mean, look, I understand like the PGA Tour is not the only uh, U.S. company that's doing business with uh, the Saudis. I mean, we, we all pretty much get that. It's clear. We go through our days getting gas, all that kind of stuff. But in this in this particular case, I mean, the, the people that I'm most angry at are DeChambeau, uh, Phil, uh, DJ, Kepka. The these, defectors. These guys who left because the Saudis, this isn't the first time they came after the PGA Tour. 
And when was the previous time? They did four years ago as well, and they and and they said is that the PGL, the Premier Golf League, yeah, that was they, being floated. Yeah, and they shut them and they shut them out, and they said no. And then you know the Saudis came back and give them credit. They went after a, a popular player in Greg Norman, a guy with a massive brand, who then went and recruited all of these other guys, and they threw tons of money at him. And that's the only reason that we're at where we're at right now. If those guys don't leave, I get it. And at the end of the day, you know the money talks. It's just disappointing because, uh, you know, the morals are out the window. It's, yeah. you know, the tour is hypocritical now. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily thrilled about, um, you know, the way that uh, the tour could be moving forward with their partners and with their, their new chairman here. I mean, I, yeah, it's a tough thing to swallow, I, especially for your organization. You know, you have a lot of men and women who have had their lives, they've either lost their lives or have had them altered by what many think are just completely needless, what are we doing, wars in the Middle East, of which the Saudis have their fingers all in everything. Well, the one thing that we definitely know is that 15 of the 19 9-11 hijackers were Saudis. Exactly. So, I mean... Even though Jimmy Dunn said, look, these people had nothing to do with that, and if you could point one out, I'd kill them myself. Yeah. Yeah. He lost 66 colleagues at Cantor Fitzgerald that morning. He did. He did. So, But that said, I understand the sentiment on it. So that said, let me get to the big thing that Dunn said is that, and this was amazing to hear him say, he goes, no, Jay Monahan is running everything. The Saudis only have right of first refusal for a minority investment in these events, and that Monaghan will evaluate the live tour after the year is over, and he can get rid of it if he wants. It sounds stranger now than it did Tuesday morning last week. Yeah, it's just... I was like, wait, what? It makes no sense. The, The operative phrase I had on the golf course the other day talking about all of this is, well, that's what they're saying. Right. I said that. So I go, well, that's what they're saying. Who knows what they'll say next week? That, that's exactly how I feel. Like everyone says like, well, this is all about uh, Saudi Arabian tourism and, and bringing, you know, Western culture to Saudi Arabia and making it enticing for, you know, businesses to come there and, you know, all, all, of, all of that. And that they're going to build these golf courses all over and resorts. And I don't see it like that. I see it as them coming into the United States. You know, and 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 that's what makes me feel highly uncomfortable about it. And yeah. just just as I would like, what's next? Are they going to buy the New York Yankees? Are they going to buy the Dallas Cowboys? I'm afraid that's a possibility. Their money is so deep; it's like a well of water that has overspilled the banks now, and it's washing across sports all over the globe. And the power of that money is so big that few forces can resist it. Yeah, I mean, literally. They're running out of money on the PGA Tour because of these legal fees and yeah. these extra purses. And so, and that was after, what, a year? Yeah. Right? This wouldn't have been going One on year. for 10 years. So, so, yeah, the money just became the... Uh, the if you're... Yeah, go ahead. No, CJ. I just going to say quickly, I also you know, very much blame the PGA Tour for being so slow and, and reactionary to... You know, you, you can't have a player like uh, Justin Thomas, let's say, go to the Wells Fargo and have his billboards up all over Charlotte and you're using his likeness, using his image to sell tickets. You know, you're putting him on featured groups on Thursday and Friday. He's doing press conferences all week to sell your tournament. You know, they're, they're selling advertisers on, you know, ESPN, CBS, because he's in featured groups, blah, 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 and he misses the cut, you know, by one on Friday afternoon, and he gets $0 for that. The tour should have figured that out a they long time They should have figured out 
quasi-appearance fees? Yes, some sort of, I mean, whether it was a weekly per diem just to cover your travel costs at a minimum right. for all the players. Well, they do that now. They, did they switch they, they that? Did, they it, did, but it was too little. It was too late. Too and, late. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the, the eat what you kill only mentality might have worked in the 70s and the 80s. It's the modern sports world. You can't have modern athletes, right. even in a niche sport, a, two, a second-tier sport like golf, be zero or minus when they don't make the cut. Right. Right. You gotta, I they, agree. They had to do, and they, and then so here came Liv and offering these like uh, uh, crazy numbers, and it was like it was the easiest path for some of these guys. And it sounds like John Rahm might have been going. And Which, I think that was what they were also worried that about. That would have been crazy to wake up and hear that. So what do you think we'll be talking about one year from now? Put on your crystal ball glasses. One year from now, because there's now antitrust issues. Uh, Congress is looking into it. They're like, hey, is this not a monopoly now? What's going on here? Well, what if they stopped it? So now we're going to go back to the PGA Tour and act like everything's normal again and do that, right? <laughs> Rom's going to leave the next day. Maybe. Right? And, and, and then who's going to stick there and say, all right, I'm still with Jay through all of that, even though that got thrown out after I stuck with him. Right. And now I'm back with him, so I'm going to stick with him again. Well, I sent you, buddy, and the other guys, I didn't send it to you, CJ, a long 20-tweet thread from a guy who played out the possibilities of was this designed to get torpedoed by the DOJ to allow the Saudis to walk away and save some face in that, hey, we tried, we didn't fold, but then we had a plan and the, the court said you can't do it. It's some deep rabbit hole stuff. Right. I mean, well, I'd welcome that if that was the case. I don't think that's... I'll I mean, send it to you. You can see if you make heads yeah, or tails of I, it. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think it's it's going to happen. They're going to move forward. I don't think they're going to be playing music during tournaments anymore. Oh or God. I don't think they're going to have stupid Shorts. names. And I don't... I think, I think they're... I mean, it seems like they're probably going to have a couple events that are team events or hokey type events or whatever. But, I mean, it sounds to me like they're all just going back to the PGA Tour. And then they got to figure out, you know, the guys that didn't get paid. And, What's the and penalty the to come guys. back? Yeah. And what's the bonus for those who stayed? I did see where Chesson Hadley, bless yeah. his yeah. heart, said, I want to be rewarded for staying. I'm like, you jobber. Yeah. You don't get anything. No. <laughs> Nobody is watching the PGA Tour because yeah. of Chesson Hadley. Yeah, I mean, that was a wild. That was one of the most wild days in sports last week when that happened. I mean, and it, now yeah. it's, it's simmered down to the point where it's hardly talked about because other than Dunn and the initial presser between Monaghan and and Al Ramayan, you haven't heard anything from the people that are actually running it. The handful of people, literally the six people in the room that said, let's change the face of golf worldwide. And it didn't feel like they had anything figured out back then. And I don't think they had anything figured out yeah. now to where it, we're going to know. I don't know. It's mind-blowing they did it without Tiger. I understand if they did it without Rory, although he's been their face, but the fact that they didn't tell Tiger. How about the fact Tiger is yet to weigh in? Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, we're a long way from the altar on this one. Sounds like uh, star-crossed lovers that said, okay, the first thing is we got to stop suing each other. And that, at least this agreement, did that. So it's sort of like triage, tourniquet. Let's start by not stop suing each other. Then we'll see if we can work it out. And if it doesn't, then I guess we'll figure out plan C. But we never cared as golf consumers if they were suing each other. We just wanted to see them 
playing PGA Tour golf. Now that's, Amen that's to up that. in the air. Right. All right. CJ, great to see you this week. Thanks yep. for coming in. Buddy, thank you for hosting us. As always, get down to Golfdom here, Tyson's Corner, uh, the main store, and then also the wonderful store out in Rockville and a store in Annapolis as well. As, yes, we do. Father's Day week. Oh, load Let's up see him come that. in. Oh, yeah. Load up for Father's get, Day. Get Zabe some putters. All right. <laughs> We're off next week. I'll be in Scotland. Tales to tell on the other side. Ronis will be back from LACC. He'll have tales to tell. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your golf, and we will see you next time on the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom. Today's edition of the Capital Golf Gang is being brought to you exclusively by Golfdom. All the new clubs for 2023 are available at Golfdom now. Callaway's Paradigm line, TaylorMade Stealth 2, the Ping G430, the Titleist TSR Woods, and more. Golfdom is stocking up on some great spring fashions. Come check out the latest from Peter Millar, Holderness and Bourne, RLX, and more, and get custom fit for a new driver or a set of irons in one of their four dedicated bays at Golfdom in Tyson's Corner. Golfdom, live the game in Tyson's, Annapolis now, and soon in Rockville.